delivering high-quality, technology-centric podcasts around the world. This is MunchTech.tv, taking a bite out of technology. Hello, welcome to episode 524 of The Two Techies for Saturday, May 15th, 2021. This is the week's most notable technology stories in round an hour or less, in podcast form, with Aaron Fisher and myself, Jimmy Bunting. We come together once a week to discuss, debate, converse, scrutinize and explore the world of tech. This week, Apple have some musical announcements, questions about Amazon's delivery tactics, and Facebook want data or money. Welcome to what is episode 524 of the show. The week's most notable technology stories in around an hour or less. What we find to be the most notable. That is always a subjective term because that's opinion based. And you may think these are the most or least notable technology stories. I don't know. But most of the prep came from Aaron this week. So I can safely say if you have a problem with the show, please direct all your complaints to him. Well, there's multiple Apple stories. (laughs) Well, exactly. Yes, you can normally tell whether Aaron has had any influence on the show or not for that one reason alone. Did I say that? Did I say that out loud? I'm not an Apple fanboy. I can quit any time I like. I just don't want to. Mm. That's the problem, though. And I, I, I think as as much as we don't want to, we're as critical on Apple as we will be on any other company when we have to be. But it just seems like Apple doesn't give us the same bait. I mean, okay, I, I know for... I'm thinking of things that Apple have done that Aaron doesn't like. AirPods Pro. I was going to say, I've got a few things to talk about today. Don't you worry. I'm bringing it back. Uh, the yin to the yang. If we have a good story about Apple... <laughs> And uh, I'm sure as hell going to, uh, well, do the other side. But the, th- the thing is, if I mentioned Facebook, we could have a whole episode dedicated to why we have problems with that platform. If we spoke about Twitter, I uh, wouldn't have many, well, not so much problems, but I would probably point XYZ out and how this doesn't work and they could have done that. And you know, We have all the answers really, right? Microsoft, again, okay, I wouldn't say I have issue with, I talk that really any more so than any other company, but you get the point. Apple, I, I, I just think they make it hard hard to have a problem in many ways but it's th- th- whether or not and we've been through this before we've said this multiple times whether or not their objectives and how they present themselves as a company and how they do business whether it's because they actually care or whether it's they care about users paying them money and so they pretend to care and in pretending to care they do actually do what would be needed to care uh, i don't know i can never actually draw the difference but for me it's working that they they they, they 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 care about privacy they care about the end user seemingly so it yeah it, think, it works for them i think a few things have obviously come to light during this epic versus apple trial um and we as we're well aware the stock price has decided to re- reflect each day's findings um yeah. and i think the community at the moment especially when it comes to developer relations with apple um which is traditionally something i've always thought was pretty strong but there just seems to be some friction at the moment i think friction we'll be putting it lightly I'm seeing a lot of developers that just aren't happy with the way Apple are doing things or the way Apple conduct themselves. Apple have kind of come off a little bit during this trial. Like, I don't know 
know. Um, almost like all of the App Store's success is entirely down to Apple, is how they make it sound. It com- like mm. completely forgetting the fact that Apple didn't actually build most of the apps on there and that they were built yeah. by other people. But Apple seemed to want to take credit for everyone's work. So there are some definite uh, rumblings going on in the dev community at the moment. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Well, I was going to say it's going to be really interesting to see how some of it gets maybe talked about or solved or if anything gets changed come WWDC. But I imagine we'll have to be waiting until next dub dub um one's too close to the trial obviously but yeah there's um i think when you scratch beneath the uh top surface with apple it, it it's not all sunshine and, and rainbows like i think we sometimes allude to especially like i say when it comes to the app store and, and relationships they have with developers at the moment it's uh it's definitely a bit afraid don't bite the hand that feeds you sort of thing which kind of works in a unidirectional ways. way because yeah. yeah because the developers well they get their bread and butter from apple but Apple get theirs from the developers, so it's yeah, it's a difficult one. one but I, I do agree. Each doesn't exist without the other in that case, doesn't it? So the the developers well Ah, it's tricky. The, the developers don't exist is the wrong word here. I don't know what the right word is, but let's just say it for now. Developers don't exist without the App Store, and then the App Store doesn't exist without developers as well. And at the moment, it just seems like such a one-sided bite. Like, I'm forever seeing people have having basic problems with getting apps into the App Store or with things being rejected for just silly reasons. Meanwhile, every other week we're reading about how hundreds of scam apps are being found in the app store it just seems like a, such a slap in the face to these proper developers or these actual developers developing proper apps that are just getting rejected based on oh you've used the wrong word here to describe the app store policy or something like that um meanwhile scam apps are just gliding through like there's no tomorrow i think if apple were running what felt like a tight ship and that scam apps weren't getting through and there wasn't all these nefarious things being found every week then maybe developers would have less of an argument and Apple's argument of it's a walled garden, we keep it nice and safe would actually hold any legitimacy. (laughs) But because the opposite is happening, it just seems like such a slap in the face to everyone else but anyway well yeah and and then there's the the next part that and, and maybe this is a touchy subject but any app that sort of really gains traction just seems to get sherlocked yeah ios 14 would not be ios 14 without the developers who have given apple the ideas of what they can implement and what's going to be popular yeah maybe that's non popular opinion though but i i think it's worth mentioning i still love the way the first big name big app to have this happen to them has now become the catchphrase for all further apps sherlock <laughs> Being, uh, being the app, and uh, yeah, I mean, we see it, we've seen it most recently with the AirTag. Uh, I, again, I, I have some, and I've used Tile in the past, and I found the AirTag to be a better experience. But there's no denying that Apple just seemed to be entering every market under the sun. Um, and yeah. that's kind of like I, I think whether they enter a market and do it well is a different discussion. I think if you're just taking the fact that they've entered these markets, then yeah, it can come come off a little, I don't know, world dominating. <laughs> well, I think the unfortunate thing is you say that AirTags do it better the reason why AirTags do it better is because Apple will always have the upper hand on a developer yeah, because exactly. it's their hardware integrate with their software so really you, you, you know that anyway but <laughs> the developer can't win 
Um, and there have been numerous cases where a developer has been using a piece of hardware built into a, the, the, the platform, the phone, the hardware. Private API or something. Exactly. And Apple have just said, well, screw you, you're not getting that anymore. We're using it. Well, we'll use it, but you're not. And they cite privacy or security of the hardware as yeah. the problem. But really, it's just... that. And, and to be honest, yeah, there is that side of Apple that I think they try and mask, but it exists and it is very real. But yet the public perception, or at least what they dish out to be the public perception, perception is we care about the end user we care about privacy and the the un- well that's fortunate for the most part but the unfortunate part about that is they then cite that reasoning when they do act like this so yeah i think one of the the silliest things i've or we've known about for some time but I've obviously has kind of come to light in the trial again is that apple will not allow you so take a service like spotify now with spotify you can download the app and you can either use it for free or you can sign up to their premium service now you can sign up within the ios app and i can't remember if spotify bumped the price to make up for apple's 30 percent cut i think they do um but what spotify aren't allowed to do so let's say spotify increased the price by 30 percent to make up for the losses of apple taking 30 percent because they have to use in-app purchases what's what apple will do is they won't allow spotify to put any text in the app that tells people that they can go and sign up for cheaper online. So Spotify will get rejected if they put any text that Mm -hmm. goes sign up online or go to spotify.com and sign up for $9.99 a year instead of $13.99 or whatever it is. That just seems so ridiculous to me that that, like, it just seems so, I mean, if you're talking about anti-competitive things, that screams anti-competitive to me because you're so afraid of, of everyone else or you're so afraid of other payment options. Now, whether developers should be allowed to put other payment options in the iOS app, that's a different discussion. I think there are pros and cons to every side. Obviously, the advantage of if every app has its in-app purchase controlled by Apple, as a customer, we feel safer that way. But on the flip side of that, if every company is forced to use in-app purchases and then they're basically forced to have 30% or 15% or whatever it is cut off the top, then they're going to increase prices and they can't tell you that you can go and get it cheaper online. Just seems bananas to me. But Well, they want their 30%, don't they? Exactly. But go and be competitive. Allow other payment options. Make your payment option better for everyone. 30% is pretty high. I mean, even if it's 15% on a a reoccurring monthly subscription, I just yeah, it just seems nuts to me. I mean, we obviously know that Apple are in the money printing business basically, but there has to be a line drawn somewhere where you kind of have to let the fishing line out a little bit more on some things. Like On these things, reduce that cut. We're already seeing the likes of Google doing it. Now, one of the interesting graphs that came out during the trial is the percentage that other app stores charge and Apple are actually they're either in line or one of the cheapest um, I think it was like the the old Palm store do you remember the Palm Pre and whatnot I think the, yeah. the stat was like it was like 20 or 30 percent more or something like that it was crazy how much they would charge um, obviously there are I think the cynical side of most of us goes when we saw Epic say how much revenue the iOS app store made them I think it's very clear why Epic Epic were going to pick a battle with someone and that someone just happened to be Apple because it was such a small amount of their market share from Epic's point of view. Epic 
basically picked on the smallest fish with the biggest PR problem. Um, they, I think Sony charge a similar rate. They could have gone and picked on Sony, but then instead of losing like 5 to 8% of their business, they would have lost like 40 to 50% of their business. Because whoever they picked to fight with was always going to cut them off. They were always going to yank them from the platform. And obviously Apple did that. But by doing that, Epic, air quotes, only lost, I think it's like 5 to 8% of, of revenue or something. So yeah, there is a slight Apple are just kind of not the innocent victim here. Someone was always going to get picked on. And I think this trial does need to happen for the industry at large. But yeah, it's an interesting one to follow at the moment. Yeah. And we'll follow it. We'll see what comes out of it. Uh, until we go to, before we go to main stories, we'll go to the quick news. An early look at ongoing analysis of Apple's app tracking transparency suggests that the vast majority of iPhone users are leaving app tracking disabled since the new feature went live on April 26th. Going to the latest data from analytics firm Flurry, just 4% of iPhone users in the US have actively chosen to opt in to app tracking after updating their device to iOS 14.5. The data is based on sampling of 2.5 million daily mobile active users. When looking at users worldwide who allow app tracking, the figure rises to just 12% in a 5.3 million user sample size. Twitter has started rolling out a new tip jar feature on its Android and iOS apps, which allow users to send money directly to their favorite accounts. To use the tip jar, simply tap on the freshly added dollar bill icon next to someone's username when viewing their profile on one of Twitter's mobile apps. Users will be able to toggle the tip jar feature as well. Android users will be able to send money in Twitter's clubhouse-like spaces. Tip jar supports a variety of payment options in links, Camp, Cash App, Patreon, PayPal, and Venmo. Twitter is using these services' external payment processors for transactions and doesn't take a cut. Bill Gates, co-founder and former CEO of Microsoft and his wife Melinda Gates said on Twitter last week that they will split up after 27 years. The two will keep working together on philanthropic efforts which have addressed education, gender equality and healthcare. They say after a great deal of thought and a lot of work on our relationship we have made the decision to end our marriage. Bill and Melinda Gates wrote in a statement that Bill Gates tweeted out over the last 27 years we have raised three incredible children and built a foundation that works all over the world to enable all people to lead healthy, productive lives. We continue to share a belief in that mission and will continue our work together at the foundation. But we no longer believe we can grow together as a couple in the next phase of our lives. We ask for space and privacy for our family as we begin to navigate this new life. And finally, the largest internet providers in the US funded a campaign that generated... 8.5 million fake comments to the Federal Communications Commission as part of the ISP's fight against net neutrality rules during the Trump administration, according to a report issued this week by New York State Attorney General Natalia James. Nearly 18 million out of the 22 million comments were fabricated, including both pro- and anti-net neutrality submissions, the report said. One 19-year-old submitted 7.7 .7 million pro-net neutrality comments, under fake, randomly generated names. But the astroturfing effect, or efforts are funded by the broadband industry, stood out because it used real people's names without their consent, with third-party firms hired by the industry faking consent records, the report said. So 
So early reports say 96% of users leave app tracking disabled. Well, isn't that a surprise? I'm shocked. Yeah, I mean, it's just so funny that uh, I think uh, when people are presented with the box that goes, uh, so do you want this app to track you or not? I think even if you're not technically literate, you're probably going to pick the, uh, no, thank you. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't need any explanation, really, does it? Well, I d- and in fact, the wording could probably, what, what? What do you mean track me? No. The thing I do find interesting, um, and I've only seen it in a couple of apps, but I imagine uh, the Facebook app and Instagram app probably do it, but I haven't, I haven't seen those. Um, when you update to iOS 14.5 and you launch the app, this app for the first time, you uh, a lot of apps try to present a screen before going, we need your data to do this, this, and this. And they try and paint it in like a really good picture. Like, oh, it improves our service. It allows us to do this, that, and the other. Trying to paint no, data tracking as some like thing that they they absolutely have to do. Um, and then the uh, Apple API kicks in and, and, and brings up that prompt, which I find <laughs> kind of, I don't know. Now, some apps have legitimate reasons. Some apps, um, just because they track it doesn't mean it's a nefarious thing. So some apps do have a legitimate reason. But when you see the likes of the Facebook app or the Instagram app or whatever pandering to you going, please give us your data. It's mm. just like so cringy. Facebook. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to clear my throat there. Uh, Twitter testing a new tip jar feature. Not really a lot you can say on that. I guess yeah, Twitter cool. just trying to... <laughs> well, yeah. Um, certainly not against uh, any users and they're not taking any cut from it. So I think they're they're just trying to do the right thing, right? Yeah, I'm interested to see. Again, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago with, with the iOS app. Does Apple take a cut? Because if it uses in-app purchases, I assume Apple take the 30%. So <laughs> yeah. you send someone a pound, they're going to end up with 70p minus well, I guess if you don't use PayPal and whatnot, but yeah, just uh, another classic funny thing from Apple. Bill and Melinda Gates after 27 years. And I think that this was put in the show not as a rumor gossip mill, but more just as a, 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 you know, to state the fact. Yep. But We're not turning I've, into TMZ. I've, no, not, not, not yet. Not yet. Um, Things have but, to get desperate. Yeah, I've, I've read online so many comments, so many things uh, below posts of either guessing or creating rumors or trying to decide why or what caused. And I, I think really, you know, who cares? I, if, if the two people have decided it's not working anymore, they're calling it quits. Okay. Yes, I get it. Um, that they're they're in the spotlight and they are well, they're celebrities. Uh, regardless of what you attach that tag to, they're well known. They're um they're going to be subject to this but at the end of the day these are two people who have done so much good with their wealth and have made so many lives so much better not just for the work in microsoft but then when and, and we said this when the documentary about inside was it inside bill's brain yeah when that came out um we said this too he, he left microsoft leaving what would what, what most most people would be proud as a legacy and then sort of went no it's not enough let's do more and 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 really furthered his work with the foundation and so i think the only important thing here is the fact they've done so much good so i mean <laughs> as if this will happen but respect the fact they've asked for privacy that's gonna happen right they've asked for it so everyone oh, will do that yeah it's on the internet don't worry about it i think one of the key things i think one of the reasons so many sites picked up on this is because it does 
does have, it, it's none of our business, but it does have implications with their, ch- their charitable efforts. They've done so much to, well, they are doing so much because it does sound like they're going to continue. So much money has been pumped out to solve problems worldwide by those two that mm. if they were to turn around and say, we're splitting up, it's no longer happening. That has very real world consequences. These two are at the point where they're like an integral part to solving so many issues worldwide or to, to, to shining a spotlight at least at the very least on, on so many issues worldwide that I think uh, yeah I think kind of the next steps and how they do go forward with their charitable efforts obviously the split everything completely that's their business um, I think a lot of people and I guess ourselves included it did feel like it just I mean we've watched that documentary this feels like it came out of left field um, mm. then again you know closed doors that yeah sort of thing. obviously yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just don't think I don't know of all the people you thought it was going to happen to don't think these were the yeah. two people but um yeah i'm i'm glad to see that they're going to continue and it sounds very amicable it sounds like they can still work together um and whatnot but even if it did end today that as you say there's no denying the yeah what they've already the impact. done yeah i mean the dent they've yeah. had in the universe has been crazy Ta- like you could completely take out bill and melinda you know they both worked at microsoft you could you could take out both of their histories at microsoft if you just take their charitable efforts the dent in the universe is massive like that and vice versa yeah exactly um and eight and a half eight and a half million fake comments opposing net neutrality what the heck wow hardly a surprise i mean the fact that the article goes on to say it it, it happened so 18 million in total so obviously it was a uh, kind of half and a half of both sides doesn't help either side no um which is really frustrating because i think we've talked about this before and we think we primarily thought that it was mostly just the or, or just the pro no the anti-net it's anti-net neutrality we hate isn't it we like net yeah we like net neutrality yeah. that's what we like yeah, yeah. just so long yeah. since we've talked about it i can't remember <laughs> Um, and and the irony is we've been I, I don't mean it this way but it's 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 one of those ones that crops up every so often because I I I remember talking about it in 2010. Um, so that wasn't a dig at you, Aaron. I know I dig at you a lot, but it wasn't. My point is we seem to talk about it and then it disappears for a while and then it comes back. And I don't know whether that's because we're away from it because we don't you know we're not in America we're not we're not really at the core of this problem at the minute. <laughs> at the minute, I say that because I have no trust that it won't hit us at some point. But anyway, um, I think as well. But but you. You get the point. This has been such a long, drawn-out problem. Yeah, and obviously it spans, like, three administrations now. Um, And it's kind of like the boomerang effect these all have. Like, I'm just waiting for the uh, Digital Economy Act. Do you remember when that was all, the, when, that was all we talked yeah. about for, like, six months? Yeah. I'm waiting for that to come back around at some point, because I'm sure it will under a different... I mean, it's already come back under several different names over the past few years anyway, but, yeah. I mean, these fake comments just doesn't help anyone. Kind of, like, the whole thing is just proved to be pointless, um, especially as it comes from both sides. I think the fact that it obviously comes from, or the, uh, the opposition comes from within the industry is telling of that industry um, yep. which is yeah I don't think this comes as a shock to anyone though no uh, right Apple to announce third generation AirPods and hi-fi Apple Music tier on May the 18th that's Tuesday coming 
hi-fi music. I have. Uh, I oh, go ahead. Sorry, I, I was going to say one. I have some some things to say on hi-fi music this week. If you uh, yeah, go ahead because I, I I don't actually know what's coming here, so it'll be interesting to we haven't we haven't spoken about it. So we've kind of known known is a strong word. It's been rumored that this hi-fi music streaming level of Apple Music is is been coming for a while. We also know that Spotify have already announced, I believe, that they're launching one later this year. Um, so this is for anyone who doesn't know hi-fi streaming services are if you subscribe to spotify or apple music at the moment you get the basic mp3 level essentially apple music is is aac um, which is slightly different codec but but for the sake of argument let's just call it 320 kilobits per second mp3s even though apple music is slightly different and if you go and buy a cd and you rip that cd you will get better than mp3 quality um, it's not the highest quality it could be cds i think cap out at i think 16 bit 44.1 kilohertz and then the bit rate is variable but it could be into the, the thousands it's not capped at 320 which means you get much more detail in your audio um i'm still a big proponent of of buying cds so any albums i really like um i went on a spree as you know of, of buying secondhand cds because you can pick cds up in this day and age for like a pound two pounds or something um and i ripped them all and it means on my mac i have a whole collection of of my favorite albums in the highest quality I, I could um, reasonably find at the time. And some stuff I've gone on to, you can go to sites like uh, HD Music or Cobuzz um, and you can purchase higher res, so 24-bit um, black and ALAC files for uh, some albums. Not all albums are produced higher than, than CD. It's, it's probably like 25-30% are produced at a higher level than CD. Now, in the streaming world, services like Tidal have existed for a long time. One of the things that Tidal prides itself on is there is a hi-fi uh, tier that you can purchase and you get access to your favorite music at at least CD quality and if they have it they have a master audio um, which is a bit of a bone of contention I found um, I actually signed up or we signed up to the trial of Tidal this week just to try it out and see what it was like I'm reading online the whole MQA master audio quality is like some people say it's actually worse than CD quality and whatnot because it's like a relatively proprietary format I think um, we also signed up to Deezer Deezer do a hi-fi level um, one of the reasons we wanted to try Deezer is because Deezer have just um, released you can set it as the default service on a HomePod can I can I just intercept one second on. you say we um, just for the benefit of anyone joining us not Aaron and I I assume you mean your family Aaron not me I yeah family Sorry. yep yep that's okay just because I, I do have and an, an, you, you may or may not like this I have contrasting views i think so it'll be interesting but sorry keep going they may interrupt so and we did some blind tests yesterday where it's basically i think we did youtube music spotify apple music idol deezer one other i can't remember what's the one other i can't remember what the one other is um and interestingly so tidal and deezer both on hi-fi and then apple music just standard 256 aac i think which is essentially 320 mp3 level um and the interesting thing was couldn't tell the difference between apple music tidal and deezer now bearing in mind this was playing on an iphone over 
a Bluetooth, but to some decent quality headphones. But it was still getting compressed by the Bluetooth codec. But it did level the playing field out of all of them. I think that... Oh, Amazon Hi-Fi was the other one, because Amazon do uh, HD music as well. Um, I think Amazon was in the couldn't tell the difference. The interesting thing I found, to bear in mind, Apple Music was in the can't tell the difference between the Hi-Fi stuff already. This is pre the Hi-Fi uh, service. Spotify, in the blind test, repeatedly came out as, that sounds the worst of all of them, but like noticeably worse, which I thought was super interesting because I've never gone to, I've never listened to Spotify and go, oh, this sounds bad. When you put it next in the same blind test next to Apple Music and Tidal and Amazon, even YouTube Music, Spotify was by far the worst sounding audio. Like it was noticeably worse than the others, which I found to be quite a big surprise. Now, I have other problems with Spotify, especially after the recent update. The interface on the phone is hot garbage. It's just like impossible to find anything. Bearing in mind, I have the same problem with Apple Music. Um, I hate their wishy-washy integration with your local library, especially on the Mac. Um, the Mac app is fraught with you click on things and you just get, oh, an error occurred. Try again. All the time. You click the back button and like it doesn't go back. It will like reset you to the top of the page where you were before. Like it's a really clunky, horrible interface on the Mac. So Spotify is like the next level up from that. Tidal, we found to be pretty damn great on, on, on both. Tidal has a great suggested tracks feature. So as you're playing a song, there's a little button uh, that you can press and you get a list of suggested tracks that are similar to the one you are listening to now. Yep. Um, which is actually really cool. Um, the Like I say, the quality was noticeably better on these platforms. So I think with if Apple do launch the Hi-Fi one, it'll be interesting to try. Um, I would be interested to see what Apple, if Apple limit what it works on, because the most Apple thing to do in the universe would be to go, we're launching this Hi-Fi music service. It only works with AirPods Mac or something like that. Like, that would just be the most Apple thing ever, wouldn't it? Um, now, bearing in mind, most people, like 99% of people aren't going to notice the difference between standard and Hi-Fi. If you're playing out of desktop speakers without a dedicated, you know, decent amp or decent DAC or whatever, you're not going to notice the difference. If you're playing out the headphone jack on your MacBook, you're not going to notice the difference. If you're playing with the default DAC out of an iPhone, you're not. You're barely going to notice the difference. Well, we did via Bluetooth, which is like the hardest test. Um, most people for Hi-Fi, not going to notice the difference. So I'll be really interested to see how Apple try and sell this to people. Because the others, so Tidal, uh, Amazon, Deezer, they kind of sell the Hi-Fi. Like it, It's not hidden away, but they all have standard tiers that they advertise to most people. And then the Hi-Fi is the, it's it's advertised with audio lingo. It, well, you know. well, the, the Amazon one is hidden away to the point where I have Prime and I don't use Amazon Music unless it's on an Echo device. Very rarely because I use Spotify and I didn't know Amazon offered Hi-Fi. So that's news to me. Yeah. So that, called, that's how well it's hidden. I think it's called like Amazon HD Music or something like that. I'm pretty sure they use the word Hi-Fi. Mm. Yeah, Amazon Music HD right. premium quality. Premium quality streaming audio. Um. Again, they use they all use very kind of technical terms on advertising, so it's clear who they're they're advertising Going to. For. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be really interested to see how Apple and maybe Spotify play this out. Um because obviously you can charge a premium for this stuff. Um over the standard stuff. Now Tidal have a, a standard tier. Tidal have a nine ninety nine a month, which is the same price as the others here that you can um just you get you get the capped out at three twenty kilobits per second audio. The same as everyone else. Um Deezer have the same. They all have the same. I think Co- 
Tobuz is the only one that, if you subscribe to their streaming service, then you, the only option you have is high fidelity music. But Cobuz is a service where that's what they do. What they allow you to do is buy CD quality or high res or stream it. Like they're not in the world to compete with the Spotify basic tier and the Apple basic tier. They are in the world to sell you decent quality music, which is what I do. I go and buy um I I buy a lot of stuff on Cobuz. Um, you know, one of my favorite albums I've had on I've got it on like every format under the sun. I've got it on vinyl, I've got it on CD, so I've got CD quality, but they recently quietly re-released it in high res so you can get the 24-bit high res, so I got that as well. Um not that I have anything to tell the difference in quality on, really, but you can actually tell that they've gone but they haven't just like I don't know, they haven't just re-exported it in a high res, if that makes sense. Like it sounds like they've done something different from the master audio files because some tracks are noticeably different um even if you listen to them not at high res so there is something different there but um yeah so this week basically we've been we've been on quite the journey when it comes to uh audio doing little a b tests and whatnot i only kind of come to the conclusion that probably just going to stick with spotify and apple music <laughs> right i'm i'm you know what i said i was probably going to have contrasting views but with that summary i don't although so with, with what you've said can i bounce back i i would just like to say one thing that just to clarify spotify and apple music apple music because i like to listen to the mark hopper's radio show and and it only works on the home pod so if we got rid of apple music the home pod's still working spotify because it's the least sucky everywhere like it works on the sonos it works on carplay works on the mac it works on the phone like the interface sucks and the quality is worse than everything else but like you make that trade-off i'm still spending most of my time listening to my ripped cd collection and whatnot spotify is where i will discover new music and then i will often if i really like it or really like the album i will go and purchase it and then i have an app called swinsian on the mac or i will use the the music app and uh, it gets listened to in there so sorry so you said at the start uh, about obviously what most people, including us, would listen to typically. Well, maybe not so much you aren't. Um, well, at least when you're at home, but it w- would be compressed as an MP3 or in Apple's case, um, a dot AAC, an advanced audio recording format, which is really um. Well, I think Apple designed it to. Well, no, Apple didn't. Des- it's it's designed to be the successor of the MP3, but it kind of I think didn't really stick. Apple like it though. I think with AAC because I'm pretty sure Apple Music is 256 kilobits per second, which every audio file will go, oh, that's not even 320. But I'm pretty yeah. sure Apple or the AAC audio compresses it so they can stream less data and still get the same quality as MP3 320. So essentially they're the same. Right. Yeah. So okay. So most time, most of the time when we're listening to music or anything really, it's compressed to some extent that level of compression will affect the quality of the file and even with this show for example so the compression we apply to export as an mp3 is a happy medium between the file size being too big uh, and and sounding you know as fresh as it can or being too small and when it is too small when we sort of compress it compress it too much um then you you do notice because it sounds like coming from a you know a wrapper or something something just doesn't sound right um and that's the whole point of compression 
finding that happy medium for the use case. So if you're listening on a set of headphones or high quality speakers, you don't want as much compression applied. If you're really just listening on the go, it doesn't matter so much, etc, etc. But I must point out, Aaron, you are in the minority. And I don't mean to be rude, but you are. Oh, in yeah, all walks of well life. Well aware of that, yeah. In all walks of life. You're just weird. Yeah. Oh, wait, did I, did I say Again, that? well <laughs> aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> Only joking. But no. Um, not. And... <laughs> And so, obviously, um, you said about buying CDs. I think the last time I bought a CD was probably in around 2005, maybe. I, I'm oh, joking. But, I but was the same for again, years. Yeah, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking a dig here. Because, again, everyone has yeah, their preferences. And, <laughs> well... <laughs> I'm kidding, um, kidding, don't worry. So, yeah, but, but a lot of audiophiles do do prefer to own physical versions of media and i wouldn't even go as far and and again contradict me here but i wouldn't go as far as to say you're a, an audiophile because i know you purchased no. the, the, the cds more to support the bands that you really enjoy because well, there is that question of no yeah so with new so anything new that comes out i will either pre-order it on cobuzz which is like cd price for cd quality or i will pre-order the cd so it goes to the bands now with a lot of old stuff i've bought secondhand just because when you're buying 100 cds if they all cost like eight or 12 pounds each that gets uh pricey <laughs> um, yeah, so i mean right but for me so i've had a few times and, and this happens more and more so i've had a few times with streaming services i, I see i think to, to backtrack a little i think different people but if you take specific examples here i think me and you listen to music differently i'm very much of a i have favorite albums that i will listen to start to finish and correct me if i'm wrong i think you're no, more of a that. playlist person yeah I, I, if i like a song i'll add it to my playlist. exactly if i don't i won't and i typically even when an artist i like releases an album i typically don't like all the songs in the album exactly and that happens for me as well all the time but i very much will put on my favorite album start to finish and i have quite a few of those so i think for me cds make more sense and a mm. few times i've had it where streaming services is deals expire deals take time to get renewed whatever it is like stuff disappears like um so for one of my albums one of my favorite albums there's three bonus out uh, bonus cds they did back in the day it was like the one of the incentives to get you to go out and and, and buy different versions of the cd because you get a different color cd and it would have two two extra songs and if you got all three it would add up to six they're not on streaming services you can only get those if you have the cds um one of my favorite bands eps from like 10 years ago recently just evaporated from spotify just disappeared one day um and it took everyone tweeting the band to get them to realize that just a deal had expired or something and then they got it back so like when that stuff happens frequently enough you kind of realize that actually owning the physical medium or even like i say if you go to cobuzz or on amazon you can you can purchase mp3s um or even like so you do it the old way on iTunes, don't you? Like just having that file outside of a streaming service can be quite a nice thing to have, especially when like older stuff just starts randomly disappearing some weeks, which can get really frustrating because all of a sudden your playlists like have massive gaps in them where stuff's been removed. Um, mm. So that's kind of one of my reasonings. It's it's like um, almost a bit desert desert island disc like uh, Radio Two do. It's the these are the albums I buy the albums on CD that I would that I like my perfection albums 
for these the albums that I could just listen. If if Spotify went away tomorrow, yeah, I've got everything. But again, think, different different people listen to music differently. So yeah, I again I think so. You're saying about uh, music disappearing. I don't find that problem as much because I think I would listen to more mainstream. And again, this is this is how it varies so differently yeah. for different people. So you have a very different experience than I do, just based off what you listen to. And that's but that that's fair enough. I mean, um, and so your your behaviors are going to be different as well. Just on that, I'm just thinking on the mainstream comment. If you take, uh, I mean, obviously it doesn't apply now, but even just a couple of years ago, you wanted to listen to Taylor Swift or the Beatles. They weren't on streaming service. I'd call those pretty mainstream. Um, but they were the, <laughs> yeah, but you, right, go on, give me two more examples. Uh, well, you know, uh, Adele, she didn't put her album on streaming service until many weeks after it had um, been out on CD for reasons of, I think if you want maximum sales, then physical medium's the way to go. Yeah, but you, you get the point. That's that's an exception to the rule. Oh, 100%. 100%, yeah. yeah. So my point is here, look, not to dwell on this issue, but the point is what, what you're saying isn't necessarily the behavior of the average music listener. And that's fine because everyone's different. Everyone has different tastes. And it, it may be because you either want to support your band, I'm not anyone who does it differently, I mean, um, or it may be they, can't just, they just don't have the music on the platform. Or as you say, with certain bands, the deals expire because they're either indie artists or they use a different label to other artists. You know, it, it, varying reasons. And and so regardless of what the reason is, it is what it is. I, w- um, I would implore people, if you ever get a chance to listen to one of your favorite songs in high quality on a good set of, on a good audio setup, and that doesn't have to mean like go buy the world's most expensive setup, just some decent headphones and a decent DAC, which you can like in this day and age pick up for not that much money. Like people listen to like their AirPods via bluetooth and go yeah that sounds good and like it sounds awful like come on but it sounds dreadful people like it's 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 absolutely awful well, but well, to most people it's like it's perfectly acceptable and i well, use my just, Air- like uh, this is a comment coming from someone who uses their airpods every single day like it's, uh, it's yeah, a means to an end that's the thing though so again i'm and, and i'm i'm getting to that point so sorry i keep interrupting you're not <laughs> you're not oh it, it's fine. You're not the the same as most people in this case, and I include myself in it because I I recognize the difference. But what is convenient and what isn't, and that's the difference. I'm not saying what's right or wrong. I'm not, and in some cases, streaming services, unfortunately, they they really do not reward artists in the way they should be. But it's just convenient, and that's why people use it, and people will not move from that because people don't want to carry discs around with them anymore. Again, there are exceptions to that rule. People don't want. People will trade, and it's the same with it's the same. With with Facebook in a, di- a completely different context, but for a little bit of convenience, they will trade a lot. So that's the point. So is there a difference between high fidelity music and compressed music using a, a compressed Kodak? Absolutely, absolutely. But will you notice it? Probably not. And 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 I say, will you notice it? Probably not. You may notice it in very specific conditions if you're listening in a a a. a, a, a sterile environment and you're listening on very high quality uh, equipment using cables which don't have any interference from any other uh, electronic equipment nearby things like that now i know you're you're saying ah but we tried it in 2015 and yes you did notice in some cases some elements of some songs were either more noticeable 
or more uh, apparent in places. But I think I'm not saying the difference isn't there. What I'm saying is, is the difference really necessary on price and effort? And I don't think it is at the minute. I, I disagree slightly just because like if you take my base example, like I have the Sony W, whatever the head, uh, Sony's stupid names, whatever the Sony noise cancelling headphones are, what I'm wearing right now, I have them. They're not particularly expensive headphones. They're like three or four hundred pounds new or something like that. Yep. So like, like when AirPod Pros are 250 quid, like that's not that much money. It is a lot. Of money, you know what I mean? Um, yep. And if I just Bluetooth them or connect them by cable or whatever to my iPhone, the difference is immediately noticeable between uh, a streaming service and a high-res audio file. And that's just like a basic setup. Now, if I put my AirPod Pros in, then yeah, they're, like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not good sounding headphones, but they treat everything equally is what I would say. Yeah. So so you said you're saying there's a difference between a ripped CD and a streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. But on pretty but, common basic hardware. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But when it comes to high fidelity streaming services versus just, you know, a plain and simple normal streaming account, not so much. Oh, no, there was there was a difference as well. Well, you said that you couldn't tell the difference between Amazon, Apple Music, Tidal and Deezer. Well, Amazon, Tidal and Deezer are all high fidelity. Apple Music was the weird outlier <laughs> that didn't make any sense. Um, Spotify sounded the worst out of them. Spotify was by far comparison. the worst. Right. So, but my point is, you, so I, I can almost guarantee there would have been some difference between Apple Music, which was just normal, and Tidal, oh, yeah. which was, quote, high fidelity. But you couldn't tell the difference between the, the audio code. I, or, sorry, you couldn't tell the difference because you were streaming over Bluetooth. You were listening on, you know, in probably in an environment which wasn't exactly dead on. You were just, you were listening as a normal user would, yeah. right? So but, my point is, and I'm, I'm not arguing your point, but what I'm saying is for most consumers, and I include myself in this, they don't care. They they want the convenience of, okay, yeah, I'm paying £9.99 or $9.99 for Spotify. I'm not going to double that for high fidelity music that I might notice in some songs when I'm listening on good headphones, when in reality they're either listening in their car or listening through laptop heads, you know, speakers or headphones or speakers in their house. But, but, but the audiophile will... But most consumers aren't audiophile. That's my point. That's and I'm 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 not contradicting what you're saying. My end point is just, and I think you you alluded to it in the end. Um, the technical wording that Amazon use, for example, on their HD music, pinpoints exactly who this is targeted at. It's targeted at the people who know there's a difference, who actually understand the difference. That makes sense, right? Hundred percent. And by the way, like I still use Spotify. I still have my AirPods. You know, I, I yeah, still because it's convenient. Them. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And so so sorry so, sorry I'm interrupting now. So. What you're saying is even you who knows fine rightly where the differences are, you still resort to Spotify some of the time. So exactly, oh, yeah. you're, you're, you're making that point. This, yeah, This kind of, this trial and tribulation this week has been, it was it was less about finding a high quality version alternative to Spotify mm. and it was more that I hate Spotify with a burning passion and wanted to find <laughs> literally anything different. Spotify keeps stealing my favourite podcasts at the moment and making them Spotify exclusive, so like pretty annoyed with them. Um, <laughs> and you're going to have to listen to it on Spotify. Well, I'm just not, not going to listen to it anymore because I okay. would rather die than use podcasts on Spotify. 
Um, and I think it just so happened to be that the alternatives were we already have Apple Music, um, just because the Apple One bundle with iCloud and whatnot, you you get music rolled in. Um, and we would use Apple Music if it wasn't like such a dumpster fire on the Mac. It's it's annoying because like the iPad app and the iPhone app are great, and the whole shtick with the with the Mac now is that you can run iPad apps. So why is the Mac app so dreadful? Like why not just put the iPad app on there? I don't get it. It's so annoying. And it's kind of going to be annoying, like, circling back to the actual, actual thing we're meant to be talking about um, with the Apple Music Hi-Fi thing. It's going to be so annoying if, like, they release this service and just don't fix anything around it. Like, it's great. You've got this Hyperdetty service. But if the apps you use to access it suck like they do, that's going to be super frustrating. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, we're completely glossed over the fact that the new AirPods are also rumored, which is, like, well, finally. Well, just, yeah, so just, just I haven't finished my points. Oh, sorry, um, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we, we tried Tidal in 2015, didn't we? Remember? We, uh, we yeah. were both, yeah, when you were over. And, I mean, yeah, there was some noticeable differences in some parts, but I think, I, I mean, I came to the conclusion it wouldn't, in my point, it's just not really worth it. Um, yeah, I think Not with, that um, there is much of a difference, but, I mean, for my use cases... I think with out loud speakers, that's when you have to, like, go seriously up there on equipment to notice the difference i think it's much easier to tell the difference with headphones just because like that's you know they're over your ears that's what you're listening to like you're not influenced by environment or the room or you know reflection points in the room or whatever which i I think when we were trying it then that was obviously the case um i think with headphones it does become more noticeable as well i mean i'm not i'm not sitting here trying to preach that everyone should go get some high fidelity or go buy cassettes or vinyls or whatever i think it was just Mm. kind of an interesting i'm really interested to see how apple market this because as we've as we've pretty much perfectly pictured someone who signs up to a hi-fi streaming service is not a typical consumer streaming service connoisseur yeah exactly you know so yeah i mean i'm sure apple if they go this is open to everyone it's not just like airpods max users or something then i'm i'm sure that apple will market this to everyone which i think will be really interesting but also if there's a difference in price it'll be interesting to see what the uptake is if we ever find out but there we go yeah sorry you were saying about um the the third generation airpods i'm um so i assume apple apple have just ran or i believe apple have just ran a ad campaign for the airpod pros so i'm assuming that if this is true on tuesday and never say never that this is not in regards to a new version of the pros i'm assuming this is in an update to the standard original long stick airpods um which could be interesting because i think the rumor has it that it will be the airpods pro design but without the silicon tips and noise cancelling and whatnot which i would actually be really interested to see how that would work i loved the original airpods i'm still banging that drum that they're one of the best products that apple have made in recent history i used them every day for many years i my only major disappointment was they're sitting on a shelf now because the batteries are just completely shot in them and they don't stay connected anymore and there's nothing you can do about that you have to go and buy a new pair which just seems like i think for all of us who are are so conscious in this day and age of of the environmental impact of of things we do and things we purchase the idea of headphones that are basically disposable after two years kind of i think rubs a lot of people the wrong way now admittedly they are oh so convenient not having cables etc etc is um super nice um but yeah i i think there needs to be something better done 
to it to offset that environmental impact because for Apple, uh, a company who pride themselves so much on being green and everything being recyclable and, and, and whatnot, it, it just seems like kind of a, a kick in the face to go, oh yeah, but our major selling headphones are, are bin fodder after two years. You're talking about the Pro here, aren't you? Either of them. Uh, like Maybe. I say, I, I love the original AirPods so much, but they're, they're, des- they're sat on a shelf behind me because the batteries are shot. I right. think like the right one lasts a few minutes before it disconnects. Like oh, that's wow. not acceptable in a hundred and fifty whatever the basic ones are, hundred and fifty pound pair of headphones in my eyes. Something that is is destined for the landfill after two years because it's unusable and there's nothing you can do. You can't unlike your iPhone, which has a sealed in battery, but you can go to Apple in two years, pay them forty quid or whatever, and they will replace the battery and you've got an a, another lifespan out of it. You can't do that with AirPods. Now Apple will go, but you can bring them in to be recycled. Yeah, you can bring what? them in and recycle them. Yeah. Yeah, which is like a complete load of horse manure in my in my eyes. Uh, there, so, there should be products should either be built. I'm not saying I want replaceable batteries in AirPods, by the way. Like that's not uh, not what I think should be happening. No, but what what you are saying is you need to work more on making sure the batteries last longer. It's it's not even the last longer because battery technology is battery technology. You know the batteries are so small in the AirPods. Like what are you gonna do? But I think there needs to be some kind of program or something where you can go into an Apple store and have the batteries replaced. Apple need to manufacture that replacement into the product itself like they do the iPhone clearly. Apple have a way of replacing uh, you know an iPhone is a glued together thing. Apple have a way of you charging you some money and you can go in and, and get a new battery. I appreciate the AirPods are very fiddly things but we're already seeing services pop up that will replace AirPod batteries so it is possible. Um, oh well yeah it's, it's possible if Apple don't do it but you could never get the same level of ingenuity but apple won't do it at all so that's what i mean yeah exactly that but they won't do it based on the fact that if they do do it it's going to hit their bottom line you can bring your airpods in and they'll recycle them and then you can just put another two plus hundred pounds in their bank account that works better and i i think that's not a knock of apple's recycling program we saw in no no definitely not definitely not we saw in that environmental report they put out a month or two ago that actually their recycling program is like uber efficient it's they get more it's like some astronomical figure more efficient to extract materials from an existing iPhone than to mine those materials for a, a, a new iPhone, if that makes sense. Um, and I assume the same would be true if you took the AirPods in. Apple's recycling program may or may not, I don't know how it works, but it, it may be way more efficient and way more environmentally friendly for them. But as a customer, as you say, what we see is basically buy headphones on a subscription every two years you know pay well, they 200 could, they could pounds integrate it. They, they could integrate that into the apple music plan if you pay an extra yeah oh, don't give <laughs> don't give him the idea any say. more ideas yeah i was gonna say yeah yeah well as you say so it doesn't look like we're going to see um new pro airpods but potentially third generation airpods and if they release this hi-fi music service it will be interesting i, I agree with you um it will be interesting to see w- how they market it because it's thus far Tidal is a very specialized platform for the most part. I know they offer the standard plan, but if if you said to most people, have you heard of Spotify? They'll say yes. If you say, have you heard of Tidal? I would say a fair proportion will say no. Um, and that's that's just the beast of it. Apple and Spotify, to some extent, Amazon have the, the monopolies on the, the streaming services at the moment. That's just the way it is. Any more on that? No, I think if I uh, talk any more about audio, I'm going to have audio files angry at me and my uh, Twitter replies. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, speaking of angry, Amazon delivery drivers were told to turn off safety apps to meet quotas. A Vice report shows that some of Amazon's delivery companies try to circumvent the rules. Oh dear. Uh, for such a big company, and we say it, we we really want to support local. We really want to support, support smaller businesses because it's, it's the practices of such large conglomerates that mean smaller companies cannot compete. But unfortunately, and we've said this, where do consumers choose the most? With their pockets, with their money. And they will obviously put other things such as environmental concerns and um, obviously ethics and morals to do with whatever they're buying. Of course that comes into it, definitely, and I'm not saying it shouldn't. And in fact, really, it, it should probably take precedent over the cost, but people are driven by money. And that is just the reality of it. So they're then bound to go where the price um, speaks volumes. And for the most part, it seems to be Amazon's the most convenient because you don't have to go to your house, you get it delivered the next day. Normally the price is better, if not just the same. It's hard to decide otherwise isn't it but seemingly there are just so many cases where amazon are not doing what they should be doing considering how much money they're making two things people the the old adage that i think we've always kind of stuck by of amazon is often deeper is like so much becoming less and less true i found i've bought a few products recently where actually just either going to the manufacturer or going to cds don't count going to going to going to that's music magpie that's i've got that service vinyl discs don't count um it's actually a lot of stuff for the for the for my bikes iron i've said cassette players don't count Ah, uh, bring bring about the nineties <laughs> and eighties. Um, so I, I've bought a load of stuff. For... Floppy disks? Are you ordering those? God, sorry. I don't I'll think hi- I don't think high fidelity music would fit on those. Um, <laughs> the uh, I, I've bought a load of stuff for this bike setup recently. Just like trying to bring a fifteen year old bike into twenty twenty one. Um, and every part and piece that I've ordered, I've not ordered through Amazon because I've had a look. Like I needed a new seat post uh, the other day. I went to a specialist bike store and ordered it there because amazon the listings are super flaky on specific sizes like because obviously you need like the specific it's like 28.6 millimeters i think size i needed or diameter i needed but like you need you needs to be right uh, just because there are varying standards because what i've learned in the bike industry is standard isn't a word they're not yet quite aware what that word it's a very bespoke market (laughs) it's just it it, they're standards the the there's plural of standards which means there aren't standards but uh, i think you saying that i mean sorry i'm gonna i'm, I'm contradicting you it sounds like I'm, i have a, a vice against you and i promise i do um good cop no. bad cop <laughs> but and i'm just playing devil's advocate here but really if you say if you say something like that Amazon doesn't spring to mind. Amazon springs to mind to me about consumer replenishables and products and, and maybe, yeah, well, parts. But, but I think that just seems too specialist to go to Amazon for in the first place. Maybe oh, I'm wrong. But I, I'm talking about everything. Like, I, I, I've bought heart rate monitors, um, uh, seats, uh, loads of loads of stuff. Not even just for the bike stuff, I should say. I, I've been buying yeah. a few things recently and I will just go and find someone else. Um, Fair enough. And it's partially because I don't know. Sometimes you want to you want to take that little bit of moral high ground with Amazon because you read like read stuff like this all the time. Just the conditions workers are under to get stuff delivered, yeah. and it's just like I don't know if I want to keep supporting that all the time. I'm totally with you. If you need something like now or tomorrow, then you go straight to Amazon, don't you? Um, but if you're willing to wait, then just go and order. It. 
order it from a specialist or somewhere locally or whatever just because i don't know and often i've like i said i've been finding that the stuff's cheaper elsewhere bearing in mind amazon like pride themselves on being the do all and sell all of everything so i get what you're saying about it. it's not the type of thing you go to amazon for but honestly just do a search for an amazon there's like millions of things um and i will go and buy something on ebay instead or whatever so it's just like i don't know so but supporting amazon is becoming harder and harder just because you know the stress that workers are under to get stuff delivered and kind of the knock-on impact it has that the reason i guess that you've been able to find that stuff is cheaper elsewhere instead of amazon is because that local businesses are knowing that they have to sell things at a discount to amazon to draw customers away from the big mighty machine that is amazon so i don't know tricky it's it, it, it's it's kind of this it's kind of the same as uh it's the same as the audio stuff though isn't it it's just like some people will want to take that moral high ground or will be okay with with spending a little bit extra or whatever it is um and then some people will amazon is the spotify they will just go and take the the easy route like like i do like you do the cheaper route the more convenient route whatever it is so with amazon i think the yeah we, so there's a point to be answered here with hitting consumers where it hurts their pockets and so on and so forth and people are driven by financial decisions and that's very true but this is that has nothing to do with it here this is simply a fact that I mean, this is safety related so the app which is made by a company called e-driving and the app itself is called mentor it gives delivery drivers a safe driving score based on variables like braking acceleration speed and distraction throughout the course of a 10-hour shift many drivers report that the score the app gives them is factored into their bonuses and the bonuses and incentives paid to the delivery companies contracted to amazon so this is not just an amazon thing many delivery companies use these applications or devices systems services which rate drivers they're not always completely accurate but they're just basically there to encourage safe and economical driving i say economical basically obviously harsh braking acceleration so on it's going to use more fuel it's going to put more wear on the vehicles and so on and so forth but primarily safety because um, and i could be wrong but I, I mean in some cases i guess insurance is based off this too for these companies i would assume so so there are, are huge questions to be asked here now it's not necessarily amazon uh, saying some amazon delivery drivers are instructed by their employers to turn off amazon safe driving monitoring apps so it might not be amazon causing or doing this but i think amazon certainly need to step in to ensure this isn't happening if it isn't them and then again amazon haven't had the, the a complete clean sheet either because we know that they that there have been multiple allegations by workers which have in some cases been founded to be true uh, bbc did a was it a panorama episode about the conditions of workers in the warehouses especially coming up to christmas do you remember that one Aaron? i don't watch tv so no <laughs> um no but we talked about it oh oops yeah wow that's you said christmas though i can't remember what we talked about two weeks ago well hmm. um so yeah delivery companies also reportedly asked employees not to report damage to vehicles to amazon instead electing to fix the fans themselves to avoid them being taken out of commission i.e avoid doing the right thing avoid reporting it which would obviously invoke procedure potentially a report to insurance etc and this is crazy this is not right um it's unclear how Amazon's recent reintroduction or introduction sorry, of AI-powered monitoring cameras will change this dynamic between uh, delivery service partners and their drivers. 
drivers. Um, obviously, one could imagine that having a camera in the van makes it easier to determine if employers were actually turning off the monitoring devices. But then again, how many drivers do they have on a given day? Are they really looking into this in the way they should? Yet again, um, what's what's the solution here, Aaron? Amazon need to step up who they use. Um, I think as well, this comes from a... If this is down to these third-party delivery companies are under pressure to deliver X by Y, then X by Y needs to change. It's as easy as that. These delivery companies can't be doing this and Amazon can't be facilitating this as well. I know that it's third parties working for Amazon, but I don't think we can sit here and go, oh, Amazon, you know, they must not know what's happening. Like, they clearly know what's happening. They've had problems themselves. So it needs to be fixed from the top, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, I think, well, well, why is it, the end question, why are the companies feeling pressurized? Well, the pressure must be put on from Amazon, surely. Okay, that's not necessarily a, a, an allegation that's been made, but it could only be said. If, if Amazon were a bit more chill and had the resources they needed to meet targets to deliver what they promised to consumers and customers, well, then the drivers wouldn't be under pressure because there would be ample resource to deliver. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, especially when they're, you know, Amazon are at the point where they're promising two-hour delivery or something. It's like, that's just, that's not sustainable at scale. <laughs> Unless like mm. every, it, well, like unless three in five people on the roads are Amazon delivery drivers, like stuff like that isn't sustainable at a massive scale. Clearly, Amazon think it is, um, but but under the current practices, yes, clearly it's not. Uh, if you're asking delivery drivers to turn off safety oriented apps and monitoring, nah, that's not the one. That brings us to the end of episode five hundred and twenty-four. Of course, you can find more episodes on our episodes on over at Munchtech.tv. If you're listening on your mobile device, Munchtech.tv for mobile for our newsletter munchtech.tv forward slash newsletter the ultimate guide to podcasting munchtech.tv forward slash ultimate podcast guide and podcastassist.com and of course our interview with steve wozniak co-founder of apple munchtech.tv forward slash was after this week's episode um aaron and i are going to go and have a chat about releasing episodes on vinyl on cassette on cd um Primarily so that you can have a higher fidelity experience of joining us each and every week. Sounds like a good idea, Aaron. I'm sure everyone will be prepared to do that, right? Oh, 100%. So join us next week, episode 525. Until then, have a safe, great, and enjoyable week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.